0: That's what, that's what I'm wondering I mean now yeah, uh, I've
1: never deleted a naked picture of anybody that I've got received and I I hope all the people who send pictures to the sick and wrong email
0: realize that yeah they're, they're, we're, we're gonna be keeping those forever and I think people should realize that anyway I'll, I'm gonna will it to my grand <laughs> You know, grandchildren, when I die, like, here's
1: some old porny photos I have. Everybody in these pictures is dead now, so don't worry about it. But if you'd like to jerk off to some homemade porn, which is the best porn, in my opinion, <laughs> here it is, and then I'll <laughs> croak. <laughs> ah. Listen,
2: living, listening to Psychonaut, Second Rod. Yes, you're listening to the Sick and right?
0: Wrong. The Sick and Wrong, the world source for antisocial commentary. God, what a bunch of scumbags! Good evening, welcome to Sick and Wrong, the world source for antisocial commentary. I'm your host, E. Simon.
3: Hi, I'm Kate Rambeau.
0: Kate Rambo. Yes. Is hello. it weird being on the show with me now?
3: Um, no, more weird than usual.
0: Do you have? any kind of performance anxiety now that you're in the presence of a famous person. Because
3: you're famous now. Well, there was that day when you put on your shades and you walked out the house and you didn't take my phone calls for about eight hours. I did wonder what you were up to, but I think you've come back down to earth now.
0: Well, that's what famous people do. Well, Netflix famous people do. (laughs) Right,
3: right. Um,
0: Perhaps if you uh, live in a dilapidated double-wide trailer in the Salton Sea, or if you're a Mormon and not allowed to use the evil Netflix... Uh, you might not have uh, seen the new docuseries, The uh, Most Hated Man on the Internet, uh, which is a uh, three-part series about a revenge porn dickbag, Hunter Moore. Um, I didn't know about this documentary, obviously not, because Kate Rambo hates net. Netflix's true crime documentaries. You hate them all. You hate all the Netflix docs. Yeah, and I think everyone... Not even just true crime, just any Netflix doc?
3: (laughs) Not any Netflix ones. The true crime ones in particular, I just feel that they're just like really poorly produced. They're badly researched. Like, you know, when we had Bob Mudder on from the Defense Diaries, he even came to them and said... I've got something like mind blowing about Gacy and they were like,
0: something original.
3: Yeah, something original. Yeah. And they're like, nah, you know, we've we've kind of pumped money into this now. That just shows you they don't they don't particularly care well, about the content.
0: They they have a formula that they use. And I think what Bob Mata um from uh, murder diaries, right? Defense or, Diaries. Defense Diaries, sorry, sorry hey, Defense Bob. Diaries. Yeah.
3: Um
0: Bob Mata was trying to do something different, something outside the formula, and Netflix uh was not down with that. Um but they were down with this documentary here about uh, Hunter Moore. Um, so I didn't even know about this until, uh, um, I think it was on Thursday, a listener named Stefan uh, messaged me on Instagram to say that they used a clip from my interview, from a Sick and Wrong interview with uh, Hunter Moore that we recorded in like 2012. But they used uh, a couple clips from that interview um, in, in the uh, in this new documentary. And at first I was like, wow, that's cr- That's odd, because I hadn't thought of Hunter Moore in, I don't know, 10 years. Yeah, since you did the interview. (laughs) It's it's been a while. And then um, I listened to it, and uh, yeah, it's uh, completely taken out of context. Get to that in a second. So if you haven't heard about this, or if you're planning on watching it, here's a quick synopsis. Um, The Most Hated Man on the Internet actually was a 2012 Rolling Stone article uh, that profiled uh, Internet troll uh, Hunter Moore. Um, And so... uh, the doc kind of goes about, kind of recounts the rise and fall of Moore's infamous site, his revenge porn site, isanyoneup.com. Uh, it's a user submitted, or it was a user submitted revenge porn website that linked images of, uh, of girls, mostly girls, but they actually had men and women on the site, mostly women though. Uh, but it linked the image to uh, the, the, the woman's social media account. So it actually doxed people in the process. And I think that was part of the reason why the site was so notorious and definitely the reason why it was taken down. Right. Um, but this, this series, you know, this new series is a prime example of the, the type of true crime doc that uh, Netflix's algorithm just shits out almost on a weekly basis at this I'm point. I'm
3: so sick of them. I wish Netflix you There's know what? So I'm many. glad Netflix is kinda of going under at this point. Well, I'm sick of it. I
0: think this is part, part of the reason is it's a, the content's so formulaic. It's just sort of like do something different Netflix. Like, you know, Bob Mana's idea about Gacy is well, something different. It's not an different. idea. It's
3: fucking fact. Yeah. But beyond that. But his,
0: I mean, his suggestion for a show idea.
3: Like, this story of Hunter Moore, you could probably shit that out in, what, two hours, two episodes? Why are they making eight, nine, ten hour long documentaries? Who well, has got the fucking parter. time?
0: this is the 3 part one. It's
3: still, like, three hours about this little dickbag, Hunter Moore. It's three hours too long.
0: So, Netflix... Oftentimes, the reason why the, I think the documentaries are so formulaic is because they're coming from Raw TV, who might who produced the uh, the doc Cats. Um, what was that one? Uh, uh, Don't fuck with cats.
3: Oh yeah, yeah. And Luke the, the Tinder
0: Swindler, which did extraordinarily well. But this Raw TV, uh, they perfected this formula for like these bingeable, superficial, and ultimately forgettable documentaries. You know, they come out like almost on a weekly basis. So right now, like the flavor of the week is Hunter Moore and this, I you know, um, uh, the most hated man on the Internet. But I bet you in three months, no this one's going to be saying, and no one's even going to n- remember what the, uh, the documentary was about.
3: Yeah, it's like how people won't even remember who Gacy is anymore. They'll just be like, oh, yeah, I saw that Netflix doc about him.
0: But in addition to Hunter Moore, the, the doc is really about Charlotte Laws.
3: That's the mother. She's the hero. Yeah.
0: Yeah. The protagonist. She's an author and activist, best known for her Hollywood party crashing in the '80s, uh, but she's the focal point of the doc through her daughter Kayla. So Kayla's nude pictures were posted to Moore's website, and Charlotte took it upon herself to try to have them removed. Uh, Moore, being an internet troll, started trolling her, and his uh, his cohorts um, started uh, you know doxing her and ridiculing her online. And then um, anyone who who uh, would contact him because she contacted his anyone up his uh, I think his his ISP. Um, she contacted his security company, and they all kind of were like, uh, and the FBI was like, I don't know what we can do. So yeah, she uh, essentially went on years long quest to destroy Hunter Moore and enlisted the FBI's help with the belief that Kayla's pictures were hacked. They okay. weren't user submitted, yeah. which is what he claimed. He claimed that he had no, you know, he he. He'd, had no uh, uh, responsibility for this because he wasn't, you know, hacking in and, and taking this content from people's, you know, cell phones, kind of like uh, they did in The Fappening. He, he claimed that wasn't him. It was, this is all user-submitted content. All he was doing is providing a platform. Well, I don't know if that's true.
3: I don't think it was true.
0: <laughs> yeah. So in the second episode of the documentary, they played a this 10-second clip. Let me play it real quick. But if Hunter was up to something illegal, he certainly wasn't keeping a low profile. What I do admire about you is you don't hide behind an alias. What I admire about you are your massive faults. This came from the 2012 interview I did on episode 381 of Sick and Wrong, back in the wackily years, um, where I interviewed Hunter Moore, um, kind of about just his internet notoriety, because, I mean, he was an internet villain at the time. Uh, but they took this, this completely out of context. Uh, then with the interview, so it makes it sound like I'm validating, like high-fiving him, bro. Yeah, it does. you know and I'm you know two thumbs up for your despicable website you know and it, it wasn't like that the interview is 32 minutes you know and so if you listen to the full thing I uh, you'll hear me ask him like did you ever have a moral quandary about this like did you ever question the ethics of posting pictures of, of these girls and then posting like information to dox them you know to reveal their real identity like did that ever concern you and so I, you know I don't know, we're going to get to this in a minute. But it did kind of piss me off when I saw that, you know, and and the creators of this documentary, Raw TV and Netflix, they never asked my authorization or permission. They yeah. did credit me.
3: I know, but is... it's not like they sent you a cheeky little email to say, hey, just to let you know we've, we're going to be using an uh, interview.
0: And and my logos, and my trademarked logos. images, yeah. as, well, as well as like you know multiple clips from this from this interview, and then to, to portray me in this fashion as if I'm like part of Hunter Moore's family.
3: Oh yeah, you know like gross. his
0: family of admirers. Um, but yeah, I mean they made me look like an asshole, and there's really not much I can do about it. Well, legally. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, before we get into this. Um, I want to I give a big shout out, big ups to all the listeners who support us on Patreon. Um, the Patreon money is going to help me in my legal battles against Netflix and Raw TV, um, as well as all the other fees and expenses for the show. I'm joking. I'm not. <laughs> as, if I could have, as if the Patreon money will help me sue Netflix.
3: Yeah, good luck with that. I think you need probably about um, what Billy Jensen used to make in a month.
0: Yeah. Uh, but no, seriously, yeah, Patreon does help us pay for the show. I mean, it costs a lot to host this website. Um, and produce the, the content and, uh, you know, have our, uh, our, our podcast host site. It's, it, it's expensive, put it that way. And it's nice to know that we have uh, listeners who support us so we don't have to pay for it all out of pocket. Uh, we appreciate you. You know who you are for uh, keeping it sick and wrong. Anyway, here's a quick Patreon promo and then let's chat about uh, the most hated man on the internet.
4: Hey guys, it's Steven again. Just calling from Evan through a miracle of cybernetic processes. Just to say, thanks for creating your Patreon page. I love to kick back and smoke a fat one with my boy Carl Sagan. While we listen to the extra phone calls and stories we get all the time. Anyway, talk soon. Love you. Bye.
3: According to Dr. Google, revenge porn is the distribution of sexually uh, explicit images or videos of individuals without their consent, basically. It's both online and offline, and it's an a, punish- a punishable offence. Max is around two years in prison and a fine. Also, it's by no means a modern crime. In the 19th century, a man was busted for pasting women's heads on naked bodies, which... <laughs> i think is brilliant (laughs) deepfake yeah Yeah. now we have deepfake websites so they could be coming and coming d simon they're coming for you
0: well the thing is with revenge porn i think what's new well sort of new about it i mean it's still around today and in fact actually it's spiked during the pandemic but there's two there's two kinds there's like the images that people post but then there's also the sextortion yeah so yeah so there's that i mean there's Different types of revenge porn. But it, no, it's by no means a modern crime.
3: One of the men who came and came again was Hunter Ma. He's the protagonist and one of the most hated men on the Internet. Although I'm a firm believer that actually all men should be kept off the Internet. It should be left as a pure utopia for women to just share their minion memes on Facebook. Or we can be grave desecrators. And uh, as a safe space where we can talk about our vats.
0: Yeah, I think it's like, uh, isn't there, aren't there, aren't there like Cosmo websites for that?
3: That probably is. Yeah, Keep men off the internet.
0: Like uh, jezebel.com, wasn't it? A...
3: Was that not a lesbian like chat group?
0: I think it was just this uh, Miss Andrews website where women could go, I'm joking. It was, uh, <laughs> I think it was affiliated with Gawker, Gawker Media okay. at the time, but it was like a, I don't know, a feminist type website. But you'd think you could talk about varts on there without uh, having to be bothered by by uh, men and their petty foibles. I
3: probably can. <laughs> Anyways, little cretin Hunter Moore, who maybe didn't set out to ruin women's lives. He certainly crawled out of one. He was born March the 9th. Now this is the ultimate first warning sign. I have said this many times on the show. Female Pisces are amongst the most beautiful, talented, gorgeous, sexy, intelligent, probably the most best of the Zodiac. But male Pisces, to, to quote Iron Maiden, you better run for the hills. They are the lowest of the low. Like, although Johnny Cash was pretty cool. Yeah, I'm
0: trying to, I'm trying to think of who's another Pisces. I, I don't know Kurt anything. Cobain, I don't Johnny put, Cash. I don't put much stock into your uh, astrology analogies um, Well, yeah, analogies here, sun but.
3: signs really mean nothing. But you can get a base level reading off somebody with a sun sign. And male Pisces, I just, they're just fucking crybabies. They're it all troublemakers. Actually, I
0: don't know, newsflash, but it all means nothing.
3: It Except does. Unless you're
0: a stripper <laughs> or a massage therapist.
3: Or a chick from the 1920s or the 70s. Anyways, I do admire that during his childhood he was expelled from woodland Christian school, but that's it's not a hard thing for him. to achieve. Yeah. You just rock into class and say, hail Satan, you're expelled. And at the ripe old age of 13, he just dropped out of high school altogether. Said he'd had enough, he'd become a man.
0: Yeah, not surprised about that, you know, <laughs> like uh, after talking to him, you know. <laughs>
3: I'm sure those that are going to watch the Netflix documentary, I won't be watching it. um, Like, I don't watch any of them. Details of what he did with his time up until about 2010 better than I can. But it was 2010 when neon skinny jeans, galaxy print anything, glasses without lenses, and those stupid mustache tattoos. Remember? On your pointer finger where you'd hold them up like you had a mustache.
0: I despise those.
3: They were all seen as the pinnacle of cool, cooldom. And this is where the year when Hunter would make his mark. No shame to anyone who did any of those things in 2010. i like definitely Shame
0: committed. on the mustache tattoos, okay? I'm sure, you're, I'm sure you regret it now.
3: They're out there, and they're listening. <laughs> those people are holding it up to their, to their lips. Dirty
0: Sanchez on your finger. Yeah,
3: not us. You know, they're not real crimes that these people committed in 2010. They're not the real pervert crimes that have been committed by Dickweed uh, Hunter Moore. So, like, this is just after Gavin McInnes had left Vice, and although I'm not saying the two were related, Vice of my generation was a big deal. There's no way that Hunter wouldn't have been aware of Vice. I'm
0: sure he read Vice.
3: Oh, completely. Omnipresent
0: at that time. He's a
3: millennial, especially the do's and don'ts, which, in a way, I think kind of, like, might have started what Hunter started. It's a nightlife blog of photos where a sarcastic journal would write really fucking mean and horrible things about the person in the photo. There was no... Like, do's and don'ts was vicious. It, it was it vicious, was but it
0: wasn't personal. Like, you didn't know who those people were. However, I often wondered, did they get permission to use those images and those photos?
3: I don't know, but it was, like, a fear of some people to be, like, on the do's and don'ts.
0: Well, be, yeah. I mean, because if, if you weren't a do, yeah. I mean, they were going to excoriate you for your fashion But they sense. would
3: even fuck, fuck around with the do's. Like, it was a, you wouldn't want to be— it, Written up and out. I don't think.
0: I think what they did is they just kind of cruised around like um, New York or San Francisco or L. Oh, A. B- yeah. b- big cities like at London, you know, and then just took pictures of people who they thought had interesting fashion choices.
3: And there was a lot of interesting fashion choice at the time. Everyone dresses so bland nowadays. Also, as an aside, although I do kind of like Gavin McInnes, I don't think he's the devil incarnate. He is that oft- guy sucks. I know he sucks. He's often referred to as a total knobhead. He is. But I think, you know, he wasn't always a total neb- knobhead. But the apple isn't falling far at this point. He
0: became like a mega dickhead.
3: Yeah, in he the, is. In the
0: Trump years. But uh, but yeah, when when he ran Vice, I think Vice was a lot cooler.
3: Like... And anyways, Hunter's website, Is Anyone Up?, was meant to originally just be a nightlife website where him and his bros would post pictures of, I'm sure, all the babes that they were banging and all the, like, slut pictures, apparently, that they would send them.
0: You know, people might recall some of the other, you know, popular nightclub uh, nightlife websites, like uh, Cobra Snake. He was a very popular L.A. photographer that just hit up all the clubs and would post pictures of all these cute chicks. Uh, Kirill. Uh, was here. That guy was, uh, I think he was mainly East Coast, New York City. But yeah, his whole uh, site was pictures of girls with their tits out. And he was like, you know, basically jizzing champagne all over them. Okay. It's and a then, tough job, isn't it? Yeah. And, that, and, then, and that's krill. what he did. That's, that's what, And he was just a photographer taking pictures of, uh you know, a bunch of uh, cokeheads with their tits out. And there's another one that was really popular called Last Night's Party. So I think Hunter... Moore was obviously inspired by these, if not in the same scene as Caril and them. I mean, he's a douchebag that like would, you know, would go hang out at these like douchebag clubs, you know, where they're listening to like like shitty EDM, and sure the girls are phenomenally attractive, but I mean they're there, you know, you're you're that's basically his ilk, and so I think what he was trying to do was create a site that was that was similar to that. So I was written in that article. Where um where they where they took the name uh, uh the most hated man of the internet that was in Rolling Stone came out in 2012 the journalist the reporter which this had to have been you know probably a, a job that most of the reporters are like I'll do it you basically had to hang out with this guy for like a a week
3: yeah and, and interview him.
0: Yeah, and yeah. interview him and hang out with him. And so the the, pro titles, the profile, if you read it, is kind of similar to like, uh, remind me of Hunter S. Thompson sort of like, uh, I didn't read the whole thing, but I was like, going through and skimming it. It's kind of like, it reminds me of like the, the tradition of gonzo journalism. The writer watches while Moora sex and snorts coke with a pair of groupies in a nightclub. Later, back in his hotel, one of the women agreed to do a line of blow off his erect dick. And, and he's like the you know he snaps a photo of it and uploads it to his Tumblr.
3: Oh, we've all done that.
0: But, but that's the thing. I think he was reveling in this decadent lifestyle. But that's how all those guys were: Karell, Cobra Snake, all those dudes were yeah. doing this. But is anyone dot started kind of by an accident? It was just sort of caprice, kind of. I mean, he just he was seeing a girl who is engaged to. Some semi-famous band guy. And that's the thing when I interview him. He talks about all the famous people that he had photos of. Oh, yeah. That he didn't share. Yeah. You know, um, I think he was kind of scared of that. But all of his friends wanted to see this girl naked. And so uh, he uploaded the photos to a a dormant domain that he owned. And then a week later, he just kind of, you know, went online, looked at stats. He got like 14,000 unique visits. And he was like, holy shit. I might be able to make money doing this. Like, and so it started out, self-submits. So photos that women sent, sent him themselves. But then you know, realized that it was the people who didn't want to be up there, you know, the teachers, the lawyers, the students, the mothers, the professionals, you know, the people you wouldn't normally see on one kids. of these sites. Yeah, who were yeah. getting the most hits. So ordinary women who'd made the mistake of trusting the wrong man. So there's a, there's a lesson to be learned here, people. Um, or people who had their emails hacked. You know we're in the wrong place, wrong time. He said I didn't used to post teachers. This is what he told the BBC. But then I realized that's where all the traffic is. I just monetize people's mistakes. If it wasn't me, somebody else would be doing it.
3: We shouldn't be ever slut shaming the women here, Dee. I actually think it's impossible to uh, slut shame because we should all be proud to be sluts.
0: Embrace sluthood. Oh, totally. Totally agree with that. If
3: you don't think that women haven't been enticing lovers since the beginning of time with their words and their bodies. I am thinking of uh, Nora Barnacle here. You will know this. You'll know Nora. She used to wank uh, to the words her husband, James Joyce, sent her about her um, farting ability.
0: Farting ability. What did she look like? She <laughs> could have been attractive. Well, name, first of all, neither, name like Nora Barnacle.
3: Yeah, Nora Barnacle is not an attractive name, but neither was James Joyce. But oh my God, those no. two love to fuck. They love to fuck and each fart. other. And So um, I've deliberately put this quote in because I just really wanted to read it out. So this is what James um, said to Nora. This is like the 19th century. You had an arseful of farts that night, darling, and I fucked them out of you. Big fat fellows, long windy ones, quick little merry cracks, and a lot of tiny little naughty farties ending in a long gush from your hole. It is wonderful to fuck a farting woman when every fuck drives one out of her. I think I would know Nora's fart anywhere. I think I could pick hers out of a room full of farting women.
0: I think had a fetish.
3: See, Hunter, that's what you should have done. <laughs> this is what I, this just, is how you make it. You
0: should legend. have made a website of girls just farting. farting. That's, that that would have got some unique visits.
3: There's also, you know, um, one of my off-time favorite writers and birthday companion, Anna East Nin, who wrote several books of very popular erotica in the 1920s and 30s, and she would sit and tell her therapist all about she had f- how she'd fucked her father.
0: But did she fart while fucking her father?
3: <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> no, nowhere like Nora's, though. I think I would recognize Nora's farts, anyways. My point is, you got to embrace being a slut. There's no higher honor. And what Hunter Moore did was reaching for the lowest hanging fruit. He's trying to slut shame women. Well,
0: you know, I don't know if he was slut shaming. I think what I think he was doing was slut profiting. You know, he provided a platform for jilted dudes to slut shame their exes. I don't know if he personally was a slut shamer.
3: Well, he is slut shaming them because he's taking... Maybe by proxy. These private... Yeah, by proxy. Because he's taking these private pictures that these women and men have sent to like their lovers at the time. And then he's trying to dox them.
0: Well, I I think what he did he wasn't doing that. It was the people who went to his site, but he was definitely financially profiting. motivated. Yeah, he was he profiting was the off hits. of off these he was slut profiting is what this guy was doing. Yeah. Pornmonger.
3: Eventually the site morphed. There was more and more nommies there appearing on the site with links to early Facebooks which had their phone numbers and uh, locations. But you know the internet was a very different place in twenty ten. The difference was the majority of these women featured had not asked to be or weren't proud to be included on this site, and a lot of them found their most naked of selfies on yieldy digital cameras hosted on a site that Hunter claimed is making as much as 30 grand a month as revenge.
0: I, I question that.
3: What, how much money he was making? Uh,
0: do you really think that site was making 30 grand a month? I, I know he had sponsors and he had advertisers and things like that, but uh, it seems like a lot for a website. But who knows? Maybe. Uh, Moore defended his site, though. And used to compare it to Facebook. He, he said, like Facebook, it's uh, you know, perfectly legal user-generated content. You know, it's like, I'm not making this content. It's users who are submitting this content. All I'm doing is giving them a platform, a domain where they can host it.
3: He's awesome.
0: And it was usually the exes who sent the photos, though others were, quote, mysteriously found. Mm-hmm, Ex-boyfriends, mm-hmm. ex-husbands, some ex-girlfriends some, out to humiliate their one-time partners. Moore called himself a professional life ruiner. And I know they say this in the the documentary a lot, but he compared himself to Charles Manson.
3: No one wants to be compared to Charles Manson. It's not a boast to be like, I'm just like Charlie Manson. Charlie Manson was a fucking little dickweed pimp.
0: Yeah, but that's how, that just shows you his ego.
3: Yeah, he's just stupid, though.
0: And what's interesting in the documentary is uh, they, they make a point of, show, of uh, talking about his followers, the people who are doxing these women, who are posting links to their Facebook page. Hunter Moore's followers identify themselves after Charles Manson as the family.
3: What? So they all stink. Non- they have really bad bio, and they all have gonorrhea and possibly crabs in. Just like the real family. And they're all gay for
0: Hunter Moore, like they, <laughs> they in a weird way, in just this weird bro like fascinate adoration way, like these guys. It's just basically he's like the Pied Piper of the incels is what he is.
3: And now D, it's the Netflix is making you look like you're one of them. That
0: that's the rub. That's what has me pissed off, is that I'm one of I'm like part of his family. What am I like Uncle D or something? You're Charles
3: Tex Watson. Yeah. Over the course of the sixteen months the website ran for, it posted without consent stolen, compromising, naked pictures of students, mothers, teachers, women in wheelchair chairs, and even a woman on a doctor's table post surgery. Yeah, what the, the, the fuck. I mean,
0: there were middle-aged, women, like fifty-year-old women on his site. It wasn't just necessarily like hot 20 year twenty-year-old, you know, teens or twenty-year-old chicks. I mean, there was a blind paraplegic. A person of restricted growth. <laughs> <laughs> so what, what is that? Like a dwarf? Yeah, that's your sister. <laughs> um, this is the funniest thing I read from the, uh, the Rolling Stones. Someone had actually got a hold of nude photos of a woman in a morgue. And there's a discussion about, should I post the dead girl or not? And uh, in the end, he didn't do it. But, but if you ask Kate Rambo, would that be wrong?
3: Uh, what? Post. Well, you can post pictures And I go on true crime websites to look at pictures of dead naked women.
0: So you can post. So it's a victimless crime if they're dead.
3: Well, yeah, they're dead. What What do they care about? All their troubles are gone. <laughs> Block and delete is, wasn't much of a thing back then, but cease and desist was. And Hunter would respond to these loyally lawsuits with a bold lol. <laughs> well,
0: that that's what's funny about this guy. And that's kind of the in the clip where I say, I admire your massive balls. See, he didn't hide. He didn't come up with a pseudonym.
3: No, he didn't.
0: And he was just, like, blatantly fucking with people who were like, yeah, cease and desist. And he was in a picture of his, you know, his finger or his dick, you know.
3: He's got the bravado. He he does talk in the interview with you about being stabbed in the shoulder with a pen from a pissed off female (laughs) who objected to his stupid fucking website and how he wouldn't take pictures of her down. So the documentary that we were talking about, it focuses on Charlotte Laws, who was the mother of one of the victims, who was unfortunately featured on the site. She spent a couple of years building up a case before turning it over to the FBI, and she helped uncover that Hunter had paid hackers to steal photos for his website, Shock Horror. When it became apparent to Ma that news about his FBI investigation was beginning to surface to the public, Ma, he lost it. He responded with, I will literally fucking buy a first class fucking plane ticket right now, eat an amazing meal, buy a gun in New York and fucking kill whoever talked about my FBI investigation. I'm that pissed over it. I'm actually mad right now. I do like how he's like, I'll eat an amazing meal in New York. <laughs> like, tell us your spot. Where are you eating at?
0: I'll stop at a strip club, have a quick <clears throat> wank, then I'll go buy a gun.
3: That's yes, my plan. He told the Village Voice he would burn down their offices if they ran a story about the investigation. Ooh. Yeah. The Village Voice responded by simply saying, lol, and they ran the story. On January the 23rd, 2014, the FBI slung him before a federal court under charges of conspiracy, unauthorized access to a protected computer, and aggravated identity theft. And in February of 2015, he entered a gu- guilty plea. He was sent down for two and a half years in federal prison, which is basically like being sent to Adult daycare. Yeah,
0: I mean, federal prison is just daycare for white collar criminals.
3: Yeah, it's not like, a bad prison, like, to be uh, in. What
0: was the guy? Billy McFarlane from uh, the the Fire Festival guy? Martha Stewart? Yeah. Bertie Madoff? I mean, it's, yeah, it's not that bad. I think it's any,
3: lowest level security prison. They you probably can be even in. have Netflix. I think they probably do. He also had to have three years of a supervised release when he was let back out to the general public in May of 2017. He also had to pay a $2,000 fine and a restitution fee of $145. That's it. it. It's nothing.
0: Slap on the wrist.
3: During his sentence, U.S. District Judge, and I love this judge's name, Dolly G. G? Dolly G. Dolly G said he hid behind his online persona and he engaged in abhorrent behavior. Now you must face the consequences of your own actions. Your poor judgment has caused much pain to your victims and your family. He's kept a minor low profile. He's banned off Facebook, lol, like a lot of people should Still, be. I mean,
0: is he banned off Facebook forever?
3: Yeah, he's never allowed back
0: on. Oh, that's hilarious. It's like
3: how I've been banned from the true crime subreddit.
0: Oh, I can't tell you how many subreddits I'm banned from. <laughs> um, but yeah, I was wondering, like, what the fuck happened to that guy? Because, well, first of all, I mean, who cares? But second, it was like after, you know, I, I, you know uh, that listener sent me a link, I was like, God, I haven't thought about this guy in years. It didn't occur to me, like, what, what happened? I knew he went to prison, but beyond that, I didn't know. But not not surprised that I still banned off of Facebook.
3: He's got a Twitter, though, and on his Twitter, he mainly posts gym selfies or pictures of his dog. In 2017, Substream magazine revealed that he planned to make EDM tracks on his release from jail, and he actually released one called Make the Internet Great Again. It's <laughs> awful. He also wrote a controversial book called Is Anyone Up?, that was released in 2018.
0: Wow, I wonder how, uh, I don't think, it, it was, I wonder how that book did. I didn't even hear about that.
3: Oh, I bet it's Oh, bet it's
0: bollocks. Just like his fucking song, though. Oh Listen to this song, Famous. It's, it's Hunter Moore. The song's called Famous. It's featuring uh, some group called the, the Foolish Ways. So let me play this real quick.
2: Everywhere we go, all these hoes think we're famous.
0: I can't believe they're allowing him to do this in prison.
3: Um, I'm sorry. Well, they let fucking Tommy Lee make fucking songs and remember Method of Mayhem.
0: Was that all? Was he in a federal prison then?
3: No, I think he was in a legit prison when he beat up Pamela, but he would like ring his um, like like home phone and he would leave raps on his answering machine. So when he came home, he had all these fucking raps. I only know this because I read Tommy Lee's book regrettably very once. It's a book I'll never forget.
0: But this is god awful. I mean, I would say oh it's it's probably worse. Is it? It's it's worse than Paris Hilton's music.
3: And um, Paris Hilton's music is listenable compared to this. Ugh. Terrible. It, this also brings back bad memories of me being 16 on an ecstasy. <laughs> Terrible. Oh god. I mean,
0: if I if I walk by a bar playing anything that sounded remotely like that, I would keep walking.
3: Oh, I never would. Never would now. So the self-proclaimed life-rooner was going to take part in the docuseries that's about him. But he dropped out late in the production day, tweeting in 2021, You know my name, not my story. You heard what I've done, not what I've been through. Mate, you've been to federal prison. It's not like you were being raped in the showers.
0: Yeah, I know. It's like you were in daycare for white-collar criminals. What I'm, it makes me sound like he's really hard. What makes me wonder is he's like, I'm going to do my own documentary.
3: Oh, that's what they all say. That's like Amy Winehouse's father, Mitch. It's like, sorry that you don't like the truth being shown at you or even reflected. Yeah. Director of The Most Hated Man on the Internet, Alex Marengo, said of the importance of the docuseries, I immediately saw that this story could make an utterly compelling series, a crusade for justice against all the odds wrapped up in the world of real life and online depravity. Some reveled in it, others had their lives ruined. I am so proud of our uniquely talented team who turned the lens onto Hunter Moore and turned his victims into the ultimate winners by giving them their voices, silenced until now. Well, you have another victim to add to your hit list, Alex, don't you? And you did it, and his name is D. Simon.
0: Exactly, Kay Rambo. Thank you for pointing that out. I'm
3: getting very impassioned about this. Alex, I know. I will come Ali- for you.
0: Well, I like how Alex is like, you know, I produced this documentary just to give a voice to the victims. Well, what about me, Alex you've, Marengo?
3: You've created a victim, Alex.
0: I mean, there are a lot of victims in that, in you know, in that docu series, but I consider myself to be one of them. My words have been completely taken out of context, and the producers of this Schlock You series—that's what <laughs> I'm calling it—I um, coined that term. All right, that's trademark, uh, copyrighted. Um, Uh, Made me look like one of Hunter's bros, you know, practically giving him like a virtual high five when he posts pics of passed out, barely legal women.
3: It wasn't like that, was it, Dave?
0: No, it it definitely was not like that. And I think, um, you know, listeners who have listened to this show for years know who I am. You know, they know, you know, they know my ethics, my morals lack thereof but they know who I am they know who Wackley was and people have actually listened to that episode and people go back and listen to it I know it's in the archives so people who have purchased the archives you can get that way or you can just do a search for Cigarron Podcast episode 381 on and the SoundCloud link will pop up
3: and on YouTube too it's on YouTube
0: I think I posted the interview on YouTube but that, I think you should listen to the whole episode
3: Wackley is so funny
0: <laughs> yeah no Wackley's hilarious because like the lead up to the interview because Wackley never did interviews Hated, hated doing interviews. But he would, you know, we would chat about, the, you know, like the, the, the prelude leading into the interview, we'd have some banter, and then after the interview, we'd talk about it. And Wackerly, I mean, didn't try to hide his feelings at all about Hunter Moore. Well, no. You know? Um, but, but that's the thing. It's like, when I do an interview, I try to be as impartial, as objective as, as I possibly can. I mean, I don't interview just people who, you know, that, that I personally find to be heroes, I find I interview people who I find interesting.
3: Yeah, exactly. And plus it's like the first rule of fucking journalism school. If you start interviewing somebody and automatically go on the defensive rail against them, you're going to get nothing from them. Or
0: or they're just going to stop doing the interview. So if I like, right. you know, had him on and just like you know, was 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 sharing my personal viewpoint and and beliefs on this guy and his character and his website, I don't think it would have been much of an interview.
3: Of course, it wouldn't. No, so. I
0: would have been like, You're a dick. You're a soulless <laughs> prick. You know, and you're hurting these women. That, I mean, that, so what am I just going to do that for, for 20 minutes? No, what I want to do is I want to get a story. And so if you listen to the interview, you'll find like I was actually I, I was leading up into pointed questions. My sarcasm was thinly veiled. <laughs> you know, I, let me play a couple clips. Um, I, I encourage people to go back and listen to the whole episode, um, even though the phone calls are really funny.
3: Oh, the phone calls are great. What was it? Uh, My <laughs> two cents with D and Wackily. Yeah,
0: one guy called in about uh about his girlfriend caught him masturbating. They caught him wanking and was like, "What do I, what do I do?" And then um we were talking about getting caught wanking by our girlfriends. Um, yeah, <laughs> real mature. That was me. What ten years ago? Anyway, yeah, <laughs> uh, yeah. Let me play a couple clips, and you can see, you know, the the, the you know the, the the truth behind this interview. And how you know what how I was portrayed in this this very popular documentary? <laughs> you know what this reminds me of? People who have seen uh, Kids in the Hall, Brain Candy, will know what I'm talking about. Um, Brain Candy was like the the movie that the Kids in the Hall made in uh, the 90s. So I, I think it was right after they broke up. Or right, yeah, I think it was right after they broke up. But it was about um, uh, Kevin McDonald plays a scientist who made a drug that can cure depression. But when you took the drug, it caused people to uh, be stuck in a coma. And so he was, you know, he quit uh, the, the, the evil company that was producing it because they are making so much money. And then he was trying to, like, share the truth with everybody. But obviously no media outlet. You know, he, he wasn't Cat. popular enough you know, to be on any kind of media outlet. So, so similar to me, you know, he ended up just getting, like, a, um, a coterie of uh, college journalists and weirdos with, um, with shortwave radios to follow him around for his press announcement. Me, I'm just using Sick and Wrong Podcast as my platform. <laughs>
3: That's still going. Yeah,
0: yeah. I'm sure, like the hundred people out there listening to this episode.
3: Hey, there's more than a hundred. No, there are you.
0: way more than a hundred people, obviously. But, but yeah, it's not like I can broadcast, you know, I don't, I don't have the reach of Netflix. Or
3: Joe Rogan.
0: <laughs> or Joe Rogan, you know. Anyway, let, let me play a couple clips from that episode. You'll see what I'm talking about, people mac and i had to back up all my data so i got a new hard drive and as i was backing it up i was like oh here's some pictures of a girlfriend from like six years ago you'd remember her
1: it's great um, when you find them and you, you forgot
0: about them. Oh, i forgot about all these pictures and so i had a grudge jerk like just a grudge jerk uh, grudge wank <laughs> to these this chick i'm like oh, i forgot about all these pictures that's why you like you've never had a grudge wank
3: no, I tell you, once once they're dead to me, they're dead to me in my mind forever and I never go back. They're kicked out of the wang bang. What,
0: would you burn all the pictures or something?
3: I have very limited pictures of ex-boyfriends. I maybe have like one or two that I keep in like an envelope. But every time I discover them, I'm always just like, I'll just throw them
0: away. So wait, did, did you did you get like, did, you, did all your boyfriends send you dick pics and pictures like that?
3: No, not all boyfriends got dick pics or tit pics at all.
0: Whoa. It's kind of weird. Like, every girl I think I dated, we... Uh, oh, you know, maybe not every. But most, you you know, it'd be at least one titty pic.
3: I re- well, now, everyone's done it, haven't they? Everyone's sent a titty pic or a dick pic because everyone's got a camera in the hand. It's like, it, we've all done it.
0: Yeah. Have them. What you don't do with these pictures is post them online. No. You, you yeah. don't do I, that. I re-
1: and, I, and I recommend that I am pro sexting or whatever you want to call it. But the girl needs to get pictures of the guy. And I would even suggest that if he if he brings up that you should, oh, send me some sexy photos, you should say, well, you first. Send yep. me a picture of your wang.
0: Well, you can send a picture of your wang. I don't care about sending a picture of my nuts and my wang. I'm sure that, that exists somewhere. Um,
1: <laughs> you are sure it does.
0: I'm, I'm sure it does I've sent my, I've sent the wang to, to
1: You're sure it does Because I have done it
0: Well I've done it a few times But I'm saying If you're going to send A picture of your junk Don't send a picture of your face If your face That's a thing You know Don't
3: put your face Well yeah The difference is too, That usually when you're Growing out with somebody You can feel like You can fucking trust them enough That they would never Leak these
0: Notorious pictures To the press but You never know What might happen
3: Well in which case Yes yeah, some- And kids
0: today Like you know kids today but no people today they, they, you meet somebody even before you meet somebody you're talking on tinder and next thing you know it's like dick pic uh,
3: one of the first and earliest um, saucy pictures I ever sent was to a boyfriend and his favorite chocolate was the ruffle bar a ruffle bar is like a raspberry um, bounty Do you call them doves don't you where it's coconut on the inside and it's chocolate on the outside mounds. I think
0: we call them mounds, mounds
3: right? yeah. they're fucking delicious a ruffle bar is really nice it's a very scottish thing a ruffle bar
0: did you stick it in your nether region?
3: Uh, no, I got like oh. a multi pack of them, in, like six, and I put on some like sexy underwear, like so, and then just like covered my tits with them, with the multi pack, and then like would take one out until I was topless. I was like, that could have been a burlesque act. Now I think about it. Yeah, I
0: think it probably could.
3: He'd he those pictures. I Maybe hope he not still has
0: them. Like anorexics. <laughs> <laughs> Um. All right. Let me see here. It's, it's so yeah. funny hearing Wackily's voice.
3: So many people are buzzing to hear Wackily now. They yeah. like they've never gotten over this man.
0: I mean, he's but the thing I always loved about Wackily. He's it was all unintentional. There's no nothing rehearsed with Wackily. Wackily, Wackily. You know. Um. Let me find the next clip. The infamous Hunter Moore. Remember this guy? Mm, you heard of this yeah. guy? Yeah. Hunter Moore. Sign of the Cross. He's the founder of the site. Is anyone up.com He's considered to be one of the creators, uh, definitely the perpetuators of the revenge porn genre. And I would say he's probably one of the more famous internet villains, don't you think?
1: Yeah, he is. I mean, like, real life villain. Yeah, but up there or with like, you know, that's how, that's the conventional wisdom.
0: Maybe. But I mean, like. Well, see, that's the thing. It's not like, um, you know, we're sitting here like, oh, this guy's our idol.
3: Of course not. No, I mean,
0: neither one of us liked this guy on a personal level, but he was interesting and an interesting person to interview. Not to mention, I mean, the guy was like, you know, I mean, he was very notorious at the time, infamous at the time. He was on Anderson Cooper. He was on, uh, you know, I'm not trying to defend myself for interviewing him, but he was actually kind of like, well, you know, the guy tweeted it out, you know, the link to the interview. So for the show, it was actually pretty good. Um, I don't know about being in this new Netflix documentary. <laughs> no, it's definitely <laughs> bad. <laughs> um here's Wackerly's problem with uh the site Anyone is anyone up. Okay. Anyway, my, my
1: two problems with this site is it prohibits getting getting pornographic pics from women. Because they're you know, they learn about sites like this and they say, Oh, well, I'm not gonna do that anymore because I don't want to be on a fucking site like that. And second of all, if it's really revenge, you know, it's like a guy and, and they do spin some story about this chick cheated on me with my best friend. I came in, they were fucking balls deep in each other. And that's why I'm sending you these pics. It's like, dude, <laughs> the best revenge would be to get over her. But you're obviously dwelling on it and now uploading yeah, photos and, you're uploading and typing photos. in this fucking story. And uh, that's not the way you get over that kind
0: of a situation. Exactly. I mean, you should move on. But then again, I mean, these guys are like 20 years old. And what else, you know, what else they, they know? Were, they're just trying to get you know, revenge
1: on the internet. In the, in the 1920s, they'd be in the coal mine, and they'd be married with three children already.
3: Well, the 1920s. <laughs> what does that mean? The 1920s, <laughs> wackily, Maybe in, like, Wales or somewhere. But, less.
0: but he brings up a good point. He does. Like, that website will now prohibit women.
3: From sending titty pics. Yeah, from sending titty,
0: picks. titty pics, because they're like, how do I know if I can trust this person? I don't want my, my image, you know, my, my naked body being online.
3: That's what I mean. Nobody should be s- s- slut shamed. Send your teddy pigs. Should be proud to have fucking hot but, tits.
0: Well, it's hard to do it when you have assholes like Hunter Moore and the family that are like posting these pictures to a website and then doxing the people. That's true. It's like, what are you? What are you guys trying to like get girls not to send you naked pictures? I thought that's what you want to do. That's what I'm telling you. It's kind of gay.
3: Wackily's correct. They're a
0: bunch of incels.
3: They are a bunch of incels who don't want to see hot titties. I
0: I think they want to watch Hunter Moore jerk off. They do. Anyway, here's uh here's a couple of clips from the interview that I had with him. And uh, yeah, I mean you can listen to what the, the you know the questions I'm posing. <laughs> you know, to kind of and you can kind of read between the lines to see exactly what I'm trying to get out of this guy. The pictures with the, the Facebook page of the person in the picture, right? Like, so the, the people who, the submitter would post yeah. a picture of their ex-girlfriend naked on your site and then include her personal Facebook page. Oh, uh, yeah. Then, yeah,
4: well, the internet is all based on SEO, so you want to have as much information about the person as possible. So, you know, you put your first, their first, last name, in their city, and then, yeah, we direct link to all your social networks so everybody can fucking talk shit to you and share it to all social networks. And that's why... You know, they call it revenge porn. I call it porn you can fuck with because that's basically what it is because it's not just people fucking on the screen. You can actually <laughs> talk to these people. But the, you know what the weird thing is? is people got married off my site, like from getting their nudes posted on there, like all kinds of weird shit. So um, <laughs> That's
0: a weird yeah. way to meet your, uh, your <laughs> yeah, nonsense. It is. Uh, I saw so you so naked have, on this. Anyone yeah. up? Uh, let's get married.
4: <laughs> I mean, I've had couples send me gifts. I've been invited to tons of weddings. Like, um, nah pretty pretty
0: weird so weren't you worried about like somebody you know uh, stalking one of these chicks because they saw her Facebook and they get all this personal information on her and then maybe like raping her and uh, eating her corpse or something no no, (laughs) that never concerned
4: you no I mean I've seen I've had like I've done interviews with fucking stupid people telling me this shit Um, like oh this girl came out saying she was stalked by whoever I mean, I don't know, I don't, I've never heard that happening, I've never seen that happening, and I mean, don't fucking take a picture with your finger in your asshole to some random boy you met on the internet fifty minutes ago, and we wouldn't have to worry about any of this, I mean, it's, uh, that does I, I mean, don't I don't, I don't want anybody to be hurt by it, I don't want anybody to, you know, or get, physically you know, <laughs> anyone to be physically harmed by this, um, ever, but I mean, dude, I, you're not paying my bills, I gotta pay my bills, so,
0: so he's just doing it for money. Yeah, as if, he's never heard, as if he's never heard of anyone getting harmed through posting personal information to Facebook.
3: I mean, there was a Craigslist killer at this time. Of course, there are men on the internet who are going to go and find these w- women that they like and take what they want. Of course it will have happened.
0: And here I bring it up again, asking about if, you know, if he had any kind of moral quandary so what happened is anyone up like why did you uh take it down was it because of lawsuits was it like a moral quandary you felt all of a sudden
4: um well see for me i feel like i have no morals but i'm a human being and there's certain lines that were crossed um as far as me being a human being so when i did anderson cooper is when all the fucking creeps came out so you know yeah. I had a whole team dealing with age verifying, you know. I had five kids in my in my downstairs, um, you know, kitchen, you know, all just age verifying all fucking day.
0: Yeah, I'm sure he did that.
3: Yeah, I'm sure.
0: <laughs> age verifying when you're hacking people's computers?
3: Uh-huh.
0: You know, I mean, obviously I didn't know about the hacking at the time. Or of course I would have asked him about it. Um, let me play one more clip where I asked him about what, what the future holds for Hunter Moore. Now keep in mind, people, this is like – I don't know, what, five years, three years before he went to prison? Uh, you know, maybe well, people think- are going to, yeah, people I think are going to realize this. Uh, you're you are an innovator on the Internet. And th- think about it, too. With your reputation, you could always be, have a career as like a uh, Republican politician or something. You know, yeah. worse comes to worse.
4: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, I i plan to get in politics after I take over the, completely take
0: over the Internet. So. For sure. Well, there you go. Um, He plans to get into politics. Because
3: of course he does. <laughs>
0: Yeah, you know, but I mean, that's the thing. It's, 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 it's hard to interview somebody and and be and come across as like you know, complete contrarian because you're not going to be able to get a discussion out of the person. Of course not.
3: But it's like people who think when the police interrogate, especially with the FBI. They're super sweet and nice to you. They're not doing good cop, bad cop. They're fucking up until they get to the point where they can get information out of you. They're fucking your best friend. And that's well, what you've got to kind of do in a way.
0: I guess my approach to, to, to doing an interview is, um, you know, I'm not trying to like completely kiss the person's ass, but I, I do want to like compliment them and ask them these, these questions, like fit the more difficult questions in, in the, like later in the interview.
3: When, you know? Yeah, because you but, catch more flies with honey than with vinegar.
0: But, you know, it's it's like I find Hunter more interesting, regardless of how much of a douchebag I think he is. He's well, interesting. Of course look he's at, interesting. Look at some of the other people I've interviewed in the past. You know, Bob Hickman, just from a few weeks ago. Yeah. That guy's insane. But, you <laughs> know, I, I really enjoyed interviewing and chatting with him. Um, look at uh, Malcolm Brenner, the guy who fucked the dolphin. Obviously, I'm not like two thumbs up for dolphin fucking <laughs> you know i'm like no it's it's but it's an interesting story it's like how'd you fuck that dolphin um remember uh, Harrison and i interviewed those uh those those guys from uh, the QAnon podcast that thought like tom hanks is leader of a, of a celebrity pedophile ring
3: oh yeah that was amazing that episode yeah,
0: obviously i don't you know i don't like support these people or their belief systems but i find their story interesting and i want to talk about it you know, I think if uh, Hunter, Hunter Moore wasn't interesting, he wouldn't have been interviewed by multiple news sites. I mean, much larger than a sick and wrong.
3: He wouldn't have a Netflix docu-series made about him.
0: Yeah, and obviously I don't support revenge porn sites, you know, and I, I think my feelings are, are quite evident through my uh, thinly-veiled sarcasm in the interview. Um, however, you know, as, as you can see in The Most Hated Man on the Internet, you can edit anything to get your point across, and that's exactly what those producers did. They edited me into being one of his admirers. And there's really not much I can do about it. We we chat about it on the second show. Um, I did reach out, actually, to a lawyer.
3: (laughs) To several lawyers. I even asked Bob Motter about it.
0: Well, a friend of mine is in entertainment law. I didn't really, I mean, it wasn't that, it's not like I paid to go to a lawyer. Oh, no. I I texted him (laughs) and said, hey, my logos are being used. They're trademarked. And we talk about that on the second show. But there really isn't that much I could do. I mean, whatever. Negative publicity is still publicity.
3: Good press or bad press. It's still press. And
0: it was a bit surreal to, to actually like get a text from somebody like, hey, you know you're in that documentary. And I'm like, what? It's like, oh, great. The most hated podcast on the internet now. That's, <laughs> that's, that's amazing. Thank you for aligning myself with internet douchebags. You know that 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 host revenge porn sites awesome. That's your legacy. But you know the the, the documentary is good. I mean, I think I think it does good, and and I think it's, it is kind of interesting. It's one of the many bingeable Netflix documentaries you'll forget in a few months. But it is interesting, and that woman Charlotte Laws, like you got to admire her tenacity.
3: Like yeah, pissed off mothers are usually yeah. the ones you fucking got to watch. But she out took for. this guy
0: down. And, but the fact of the matter is, you know, revenge porn, you know hasn't isn't on the decrease isn't on the decline i mean it actually spiked during the pandemic and maybe it's because of lockdowns who knows you know a lot of people get divorced um but there was a huge spike in uh in revenge porn cases um in the uk uh according to uh david wright of the uk safer internet center said there were 681 cases in 2019 2020 3146 well i wonder if
3: if more were just being reported then
0: Possibly. I mean, the, the UK helpline has, has been available since uh, 2010. Oh, wow. They just noticed a huge spike uh, during the pandem- pandemic. And 60, 66.8% of the victims who contacted the, the helpline were, were women. And men were uh, responsible for 84% of the images shared online. Not surprised, you know.
3: People listen to Wackily. Just like the best way to get over it, or to me, is to just ghost the person and pretend like you've never had sex with them.
0: Or, or that's the thing. It's like, use your head if you're going to be sending someone, someone's you know, s- sexual images. Maybe don't show your face. Because who cares if it's just a, a human body? You don't need to put identifying features. Or start
3: know. up at OnlyFans and charge.
0: That's probably the best way you can get revenge. Start up an OnlyFans and charge for those images.
3: Yeah, do it. Making Cause, money. Cause the fact of the
0: matter is, you know, there's... Dozens of assholes like Hunter Moore on the internet, and that's what these people do—they prey upon people. So it's it's like think think twice before you send a, a, a you know a, a naked picture of yourself. It's to like, anyone.
3: This is like you as a dad giving advice to all your children.
0: You know, it's the same thing. <laughs> Listen to that episode. It's the same thing I said back in uh, twenty twelve. Yeah. You know, I mean, sure, it's fascinating to to speak to someone an, an internet villain, much like uh, like Hunter Moore, but. You don't want him to have your naked pictures. Put it that way. Um but yeah, you know, uh, in the US, legislators are actually trying to to uh, introduce a new bill that make it illegal for porn sites to intentionally host videos featuring people who are tricked into sex or um you know, with the amateur uh or, or depicting any kind of amateur porn. Well, so
3: Well, they've already started with that. Remember when like um, Pornhub had the great big like a uh, clear out? Yeah, they cleared out a yeah. lot of that.
0: But victims through this legislation can actually sue the sites. Oh, shit. This. Yeah, whereas the sites were always kind of like, oh, cease and desist, we'll delete the content. Well, no, actually, they can be held financially responsible, which I think is a, is a great thing. Um, but you know what? The, the fact of the matter is, and what you know, this documentary is definitely going to highlight, is that there are no, currently no laws against revenge porn in Massachusetts, South Carolina, or Wyoming. And in a number of states, including California, New York, and Pennsylvania, it's only classified as a misdemeanor.
3: So. Yeah, rather than felony. But I, f- I wonder if the laws will change ever to make it a felony, depending on how severe it would be.
0: Well, you know, I, I mean, I, I, I definitely think it should be. And I think, uh, you know, porn sites that proliferate these images should be held accountable. You know, it's interesting. Uh, well, on a Side note here, there's a Belgian company called Telenet that created a digital condom. <laughs> which adds a watermark with the receiver's name and phone number to any private photo so that their identity will always be known if, it's tried to, if, it, if, if someone tries to use it in revenge porn.
3: That's pretty clever. Got to love those Belgians. Yeah. Great fries, great rock and roll, <laughs> great ideas.
0: <laughs> well, I wish it would work for me when uh, my, uh, my, 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 my images and my voice are being used and misrepresented documentaries.
3: Oh, you're a victim, dear.
0: I'm a victim, and I know how it you're
3: feels. You're another victim of Hunter Moore. <laughs> <laughs> I
0: don't know if I'm a victim of Hunter Moore, but I'm definitely no. a victim of uh, of Netflix and Raw TV.
3: Yeah, you are. I'm sorry.
0: But anyway, as I said before, negative publicity is still publicity. People go <laughs> check it out. You know, it was actually uh, kind of surreal to see that anybody would have done a search... And then uh, been like, oh, yeah, this podcast. They must have listened to the whole episode.
3: I know. It's so funny. that some poor little intern on Raw TV. They were like, we need you to dredge through all these podcasts from, like, 10 years ago. And we've picked this one out. There's a nasal Jew. And there's this, like, (laughs) sci-fi nerd uh, who appears to be a virgin. And you have to listen to this.
0: Yeah. Well, I think, uh, I mean, I don't know. I think in most people's minds when they're watching it, I don't think they're like, oh, I'm going to Google this podcast. It looks interesting. I think they're just going to be like, wow. What assholes? <laughs> he admires this man's balls. That's that's pretty much my ten seconds of fame there.
3: Hello to any new <laughs> listeners who have found us through <laughs> watching that uh, documentary series. I am not a sci-fi nerd who is a virgin, although I do really like sci-fi movies. Uh,
0: people, this is episode eight fifty-four. You're sick and wrong. Got a f- couple phone calls coming up next. Three two three five two two four zero three two is the uh, the hotline number. Uh, but first, here's a quick message from Adam and Eve. It's Butt Plug Month on AdamandEve.com.
2: Show that you still care by bringing something new into the bedroom. And by something new... I mean, a butt plug, because if you order right now and use coupon code diddle, you get 50 percent off your first item. A gift so sensual, I can't even tell you about it on this podcast that talks about murder and bukkake. And on top of all of that, free shipping. Support sick and wrong by supporting our sponsor, Adam and and making a purchase with coupon code diddle.
0: That's D.I.D.D.L.E. So Kate Rambo, we have a couple phone calls to get to here. Um, the first one came in from Ryan from Canada. Oh, amazing. Long-time listener hasn't called the show in a while. Hey, the,
5: uh, and Kate, I assume I don't know it's been a long time. You can hear in the background, listen, watching this uh, new documentary about some Hunter fellow you interviewed a million years ago and took you completely out of
0: context. It's Ryan from Canada, sorry. And, uh, I've been- Thank you, Ryan, for pointing that out. He knows who the victim is. <laughs> Uh, huge
5: fan of the show forever, we play something dancy. Tree Girls in Brooklyn, Well, you know, Wackeray Harrison, blah, 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 blah. And uh, Kate was incredibly beautiful just by her voice before I even uh, saw her pictures. Uh, oh, well Ryan. done, I think you're married now. Anyways, it's it, it's terrible to see you taking so far out
0: of context. Um, Is it that terrible? I think a lot of people uh, are having some schadenfreude right now. Hopefully. I always kind of knew this would happen.
3: I always thought what would happen is one of the, like, the utter psychos that you have interviewed throughout the time, like, you know, maybe the schizophrenic ones, would go into a public place of a gun, and lo and behold, it would turn out the last podcast would have been on Sick and Wrong.
0: Hey, that's the last still happen. Sorry. That could that still could happen. That could still happen. I always thought you know? that's
3: how it would turn out.
0: Yeah, <laughs> well, we'll see.
5: In this documentary, uh, clearly they didn't watch or, pardon me listen to any of your shows and what you're all about I mean it's called the sick and wrong fucking podcast <laughs> and you had him on um and
0: you know though it it, it did work for what they were trying to uh, convey in the show because they were you know they kept showing like sick and wrong he was on a podcast called sick, sick and wrong out. because he's sick and wrong you know it's like obviously I guess with the imagery and the uh you know the the logos and all that it, it it worked visually for their, their podcast or for their uh, documentary. But obviously, it, uh, yeah, definitely kind of uh, uh, conceals what we're all about.
3: Do you think the producers even bothered to look into if the podcast was still going? I bet they didn't. I bet they thought... I
0: don't think they give a shit.
3: Uh, well, that, obviously, they don't give a shit. But I, I bet they were like, don't be silly. Podcasts from that era still aren't going.
0: I think the other thing, too, it's just like, what's a podcast going to do? Like, what, what are kinda, they going to do? Are they yeah. going to try to sue us for slander? Yeah. And then they probably all, like, laughed and smoked their big cigars. <laughs> <laughs> and then all of a sudden, you're being
5: uh, put on, you know, I don't know, I'm drunk and stoned. I'm hitting <laughs> my dog here, but it, it just doesn't oh, make sense papa. to I'm, I'm so sorry, <laughs> you motherfuckers. Put you on this thing as comfortable as a, I know as a how you current, feel, bro, uh, or validating this fellow in some way, just in a in a, in a ten second thing. Anyways, I love you guys, uh, Trucker Paul. I hope he's back. I don't know; I haven't listened to him in a million years. And uh, lick my balls.
0: Thank you, Ryan. There, thank for, you. Uh, yeah, speaking the truth <laughs> to the you youth. Know, he know he can under. He has empathy for me.
3: He does. And so does his dog, who is also watching the documentary. <laughs> Enjoy your poutine.
0: I, I do love that Ryan from Canada is just like, I watch documentaries with my dog.
3: Who doesn't? I would, If I had a dog, I would, me and my cat, Chi-Chi, sit and watch documentaries.
0: He's drinking Molson beer right now.
3: Is that the beer of Canada?
0: Or Labatt's, maybe Labatt's. Actually, I don't know what beer, I don't know what the Canadian beer is. I do recall Labatt's being a uh, a Canadian beer that I liked a lot, though.
3: I'm trying to remember the beer that they get caught. There's an episode of that 70s show where they drive into Canada um, to pick up beer, to bring it back, and it gets caught. I wonder if that's a real beer.
0: Where were, oh, that was set in Wisconsin. Yeah, Mitch yeah. Hedberg's
3: in that 70s show,
0: you know. I forgot about that. What a guy. But, you know, the fact of the matter is, yeah, you know, we're being portrayed as some kind of shitty bro podcast that uh you know, adores people like uh Hunter Moore.
3: Which is a shame.
0: But the fact of the matter is, sick and wrong is all about hard hitting journalism. That's <laughs> what we do, you know? Just right. like our next call. This is our bread and butter. Here's a shit story from Stuart.
6: <laughs> Hi guys, Stuart calling in with a shit story.
0: Uh, Important journalism right here on the podcast, you know That's oh what should, we're all I mean, about
3: should we do a brown star rating on this?
0: Oh I guess because this is a
3: wackily uh of you know it, how many too? brown
0: stars all right people let's 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 think about how many brown stars you want to give Stuart shit story. I haven't even heard it yet. Let's do it. I emailed it in
6: I have two, but we'll just have the one for today. so my story happened way back when I was fifteen. I was out on the golf course. And before you start mocking me, I was a pretty good golfer back in the day. And at one point, I wanted to turn pro.
3: 15? Come on, on
0: mate. Yeah, I think people start golfing early. But you know what? I thought... I thought the time you golf is like now, Stuart. Aren't you supposed to be don't people golf when they're in their like forties and fifties?
3: Like yeah, I think they do, but like you know what I was doing at fifteen, not to boast here, but I was definitely taking drugs and snogging random boys behind off licenses. And that's what every fifteen year old should be I'm doing. I'm
0: surprised there's no revenge porn pics of you, Kate Rambo.
3: There is a pic of me um like snogging a boy behind an offie. That's why I mentioned it. <laughs> it's not very interesting
0: though. Well, is that when you lost your virginity? I lost my... was it your uncle?
3: (laughs) No. Oh. I'm not that far from in the country, mate.
0: (laughs)
6: ...ambitions. So I was out on the course with my sister of all people, feeling okay for the first nine holes. Then I started to have a bit of the bubble guts. Pretty soon, every shot I made gave me insane stomach cramps, and I knew I was going to have to find a place for me to unleash this intestinal demon.
0: You know, a golf course though is kind of an opportune location for that.
3: Depends how busy it is, because if there are people golfing behind you, they'll soon catch up to you.
0: I would just go in like the water hole. Like, don't they have like water? Yeah, they also have
3: like little like what do they call it when it goes into like the
0: woods, the rough. Oh yeah, yeah. You just there's go fucking, in the
3: woods. The sandboxes could be like a cat and just like shit in the sand and then cover it Yeah, but it I up. think
0: if you pulled your golf pants down, your like plaid golf pants down <laughs> and took a shit in the sand trap, I think people would see that.
3: Speaking of like uh, early two thousands fashion, I did love the kind of like no effects Fat Mike golf fashion. You know where you would wear punks the- would wear like plaid trousers and a golf hat. You remember that? Yeah, love you, Fat Mike. <laughs>
6: Finally, we came to a wooded area, and I had to make a run for the bushes. I started off with kind of a shuffle walk, but could feel I was fighting a losing battle. At that point, I just ran and hoped to reach the bushes. My sister laughing in the background.
0: Just before, oh my god, my sister would be dying.
3: She would be trying to get pull out picture, oh, get no, a camera. She,
0: she would be posting a reel of this. Sure.
3: <laughs> she'd be good at reels as well. It's in the family. But to
6: the safety of the wooded area, I couldn't hold it back anymore. And I could feel the hot liquid running down my legs, and I just Ah. gave up. There was no holding back. Now, the problem was, obviously, I didn't have a change of clothes in my golf bag. But it gets worse. (laughs) As I always went to play golf directly from school, I didn't have a change of clothes at all. My sister was in tears with laughter as we made our way back to the car park where my parents were waiting to pick us up. I explained what happened and had to hover for the whole car ride back. <laughs> the smell in the car was absolutely vile.
0: <laughs> I would have made you walk home.
6: I would have
3: said, you wait here, son. I'll go home and I'll go and get like another pair of trousers and you can put them on and then and we'll just chuck those trousers away.
0: So wait, he's got to just sit there covered in shit. No,
3: he has to stand there. It's probably the best place to be. You're outside.
0: Yeah, but you're you're standing there covered in shit while the people at the country club are just walking by looking at you. He'd
3: be like, hey, how's it going? Would
0: you have waited? Would you have made the sister wait?
3: With him, yeah. Why not? <laughs> Punish them both.
0: <laughs> He's so lucky. This you is know, like pre-cell phone days.
3: It was probably his mother's cooking that day. Is <laughs> to him? Well, no,
0: but did you say he was at school? So it was probably whatever he ate that it, day. It could be what he ate that day. I'm blaming his mother.
6: When I got home, I was stood in the shower with my clothes. To get rid of all the shit. As you can imagine, for me, it was like taking a rape shower. <laughs> so, that was it for my shit story. I hope you guys enjoyed it. Stuart out.
0: Wow, thank you, Stuart.
3: He says he has another shit story, so I kind of want to rate the other shit story against that shit story.
0: It's been a while since we've done a good shit story.
3: That's true. This was a good shit story.
0: Bringing the shit stories back.
3: Just getting the the rear on the golf course so i'm saying
0: back to back to let's let's defend our reputation here okay <laughs> we need this
3: send us your shit stories
0: we don't only just you know support revenge porn site uh our tours you know um we actually talk about shit stories hard-hitting journalism here in sick and wrong
3: i think he deserves nine brown stars for that because he made it because he made it to the ninth
0: hole Oh, that's a good idea. That's a good idea. Yeah, yeah. I'll give him nine brown stars.
3: Nine brown stars.
0: I mean, it's kind of a pyrrhic victory because he still shit himself. <laughs> but hey, you know that 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 would have been mortifying. I couldn't imagine that. But you're lucky that it, it that it happened prior to the invention of the cell phone. Very lucky. You know? Could you imagine if everybody had cell phones?
3: Oh, that would have just been uh, a world star. If
0: yeah, if I was with my sister and she had a cell phone, that would have been definitely posted to Instagram. <laughs>
3: would have been the end of you.
0: Oh, my God. Then, yeah. I mean, that's, that's, isn't that why kids commit suicide these days?
3: A girl actually did just yeah. commit suicide off TikTok. She was in a fight and she shit herself. And then because of the, the trolls, she killed herself a couple of days later.
0: I mean, it sucks because you're a teen and you can't really, you know, pun- I don't think you have the foresight to realize that it doesn't mean anything. Own it.
3: It doesn't, yeah. Don't you know? be slut-shamed. Don't be shit-shamed. Don't
0: be slut or shit-shamed, okay? <laughs> that's that's the takeaway from this episode here of Sick and Wrong. Uh, people, call the hotline 323-522-4032 or just uh, send us an email. Uh, Attach an MP3, Wrong Podcast, gmail.com. Um, if you haven't already signed up for the patron, we really implore you to do it. Uh, not only that, you get, ac- you get uh, access to all of our archives. You can listen to episode 381, the infamous episode that was used in the uh, the new Netflix doc, um, but beyond that, you get a whole uh, uh, an entire second show, an
3: entirely second show. It's so imaginatively named.
0: Yeah, it's just called second show, Sick and wrong second show. But we do a whole separate show on the Patreon at the five dollar level every single week. Um, this week, you can talk about, or this week we we're chatting about my uh, the details of uh, my, my chat with my lawyer friend. About uh, my my um the the possibilities available to me for revenge <laughs> doesn't involve porn <laughs> yet, um, but we also talk about our uh, upcoming trip to go uh to go see Kate's mom. Yeah, yeah, we're,
3: we're going for a day out in my hometown.
0: And uh, yeah, I'm lo- looking forward to uh, checking out the or this is Kate's origin, Penrith.
3: Yeah, I'm going to take you to, well, all the pubs I used to drink in when I was, like, 15, 16, all the, uh, like, the rocker pubs have all closed now. So we're going to be going into, but apart from one. So we're going to be going into, like, pubs I haven't stepped inside of for, like, maybe nearly close to 20 years now.
0: This is, like, a small, like, pastoral, like, English countryside town, right? You
3: know what's funny about Penrith, apart from being the setting for Dale and I? Throughout the 80s and the 90s, its nickname was Browntown because it was so <laughs> easy to get heroin in Penrith and because the, there were so many halfway houses that they would send people to rehab up here. So there was just tons of fucking junkies in this beautiful little town. Browntown. That's Brown town. Weird. Yeah. yeah,
0: it's a great name for a town, though.
3: It is. You'll uh, see. The one
0: thing Kate doesn't know about, and we talk about this <laughs> in the second show, is that uh, I'm I have plans to heal the divide between Kate and her brothers, Nick and Chris. You can hear all about it <laughs> in the second show. Um, and just for a few bucks more, sign up for a uh, and wrong Overkill special edition of Overkill this week, an Ed Kemper audio experience.
3: Yeah, I took loads of Ed Kemper. <laughs> interviews i cut them together out of context and i tell ed kemper's story
0: ed kemper in his own words produced by kate rambo that's the sick and wrong overkill and i already mentioned the archives so what uh, you get you, you know you give a little and you get a lot on the sick and wrong Patreon.
3: we love our patrons
0: patreon.com slash sick and wrong sign up today we appreciate you uh, supporting us. Also, you can go get some, uh, some Sick and Wrong merch at the Tea Public Store, com slash shop. Click on the picture of the Pope.
3: Is there a sale on?
0: I think there is actually Does a sale going on. The
3: is, God they, damn they it. They do like
0: three sales a month.
3: It's, yeah, when is there ever not a sale?
0: I, you know, I think it is. I think for right now, for a limited time, it's like T-shirts are only like 13 bucks. That's pretty cool. Yeah. You know, I ended up getting a Make Abortion Great Again T for Ozzy. Which I'm I'm not back in LA yet, but I know it arrived, and so I'm gonna see if um if uh, my sister could do like a whole model like photo shoot.
3: He is a delightfully gorgeous baby, so can you, I think it might go viral. too. The baby <laughs> might go viral.
0: We'll see about that, and then next week we're thinking about doing a Glasgow weekend.
3: Yeah, that's fun. I'm looking forward to that.
0: Yeah, we're um in the process of booking a hotel, and I think probably saturday night we'll do uh maybe meet up with some fans
3: yeah whoever's around and listeners
0: yeah if i mean honestly it's been so long since i've been up there and we i don't think we have like loads of scottish fans no but and if, listeners yeah, by, if you're but around. if there's people around um yeah i think it'd be cool to meet up so i'm going to we
3: we'll saw that this week but i think we were saying nice and sleazy's. Nice we'll meet, and sleazy. We'll Is meet in Nice spot? and Sleazies. Well, well you, it's on Saki Hall Street.
0: You have friends there anyway, so we're going to probably end up going out drinking.
3: Oh, yeah. We're going to meet up with people. Yeah. Like, so it'll
0: be a good time. So maybe it will just be kind of a come hang out for a bit. Go get, go get sauced on Saki.
3: On Saucy Hall. Saucy Hall Street. S- Saki Hall.
0: Sauced on Saki Hall. Saucy.
3: That's a good title for it.
0: Sauced on Saki Hall. Okay. I know
3: Glasgow Greg gets back on the Saturday so he's going to try and make it out.
0: Oh, okay. All right, cool. he's well, driving. We definitely should hang out with Glasgow Greg.
3: Yeah, and definitely going to go see my main bitch, Claudia. She's going to come out.
0: Oh, cool. So we'll hang out with everybody on Saturday.
3: Yeah, I hope so. And um, Serge is playing with Comic Gain, but we're not going to go to that.
0: Uh, finally, here's Sigurong Song of the Week, trying to find something appropriate with the, uh, the, the, the content of this week's show. Um, first song that came to mind... By a band that I used to love back in the day, from Detroit, Electric Six.
3: Yeah, Dick Valentine.
0: Um, they had a song called "Naked Pictures of Your Mother," <laughs> which I'm wondering if uh, Hunter Moore would have posted those.
3: I think uh, he definitely would have. They're a great band live. Surprisingly, great band live.
0: You know, they really were. They're fun too. Like they were. I remember when they came out. It was like kind of like. Sort of that hit single, Dan- Danger, High, high voltage. voltage. Yeah. You know, uh, I, at first, I thought it was kind of a jokey band.
3: I think everyone thought that, but they they run the 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 line of just being silly, like
0: novelty, but also being like a serious great. rock band. And seeing them live, they were great.
3: They were. I saw them like live twice.
0: Yeah, I saw them a few times. Well, I saw uh, them
3: like a couple of years back as well
0: oh I, didn't, I haven't seen him in probably like 10 years or so
3: yeah they did a run of shows i think like in 2018 2017 and i saw him i was but like that, fuck it i'll go that album
0: was great uh fire when did that come out it was uh, 2003 fun. um had that song dance commander
3: that also a fun one
0: gay bar oh classic yeah. yeah nuclear war on the dance floor
3: i can't remember that one as much oh, but so i probably good. will when i hear it
0: oh yeah it's so good i'm gonna actually i'm gonna bring this album back
3: Let's bring the album back for Dick Valentine, greatest singer, greatest lead name singer ever.
0: Well, anyway, we're going to end the show here with Naked Pictures of Your Mother by Electric Six. Uh, People will be back next week with episode 855. Till then, take it sleazy.
2: we All be Naked pictures
5: Me, I pooped my pants.